Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to Kiss My Curvy Assets, the podcast where we drop truth bombs, hit tough conversations, bring some sassy, raw, real topics, and some badass fun. I'm your host, Lori Mort. Let's journey together on this roller coaster ride set to empower us, enlighten us, invigorate us, energize us, and just help us keep rocking our bodies and rocking our lives. Hey, friends, welcome to the program. Today we have Heather Bartos on, and she's an MD and an OBGYN. She's a US Navy veteran, a former associate professor of obstetric and gynecology and a pseudo-recovered type A personality. She also has the Me Spot podcast, a sassy show about sex, self-care, and sisterhood. Her passion is edutaining the pants off women about what it means to be inner sexy. Heather, I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I feel like you're like a girlfriend that I've known for years and we've never met in person, but I just, I love your vibe. I just love, I love like the, you radiate this energy that I just am attracted to. I love it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, when you, you know, reached out, I was like, of course I know you, like we know each other, but I don't, I can't respond. How do we know each other? I guess through, through a mutual friend that we've met, but we've never met. Well, and, and I think both of us st- were standouts. So it doesn't matter in a crowd of like 30 women, you just stood out to me and I, my hair is always crazy. My hair is always purple or something. And I think that that I was how that. I stood out to you. Yeah. I remember the purple hair. <laughs> and we, we have this sassiness, I think both of us about us, yeah. and we're going to talk about a, a topic that I love talking about. And, and it's, first of all, let's talk about you and what you do for a living. You're a gynecologist. Yes. And I love yeah. talking about vaginas. I love talking about anything to do with sex, childbirth, womenly issues. So how long have you been a gynecologist for? Gosh, I, I'm going to age myself when I say this, almost 20 years. Oh, that, that's two decades. That's a long time. Do you deliver a lot of babies? I do. We deliver about, my partner and I deliver about 30 babies a month. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I do everything, vaginas, boobs, everything. And, you know, over the years, as you get older, as an OBGYN, delivering babies is a little bit harder on the body. So I've kind of focused more in my later years on things like, you know, fertility, sexual health, those kind of things. And so I love you have a podcast. I do. And I love I the name of it. It's, <laughs> it. it's the me spot. Yeah. Kind of yeah. G spot, me spot. Yep. Yep. You love you. You're no holds barred on it. Like you talk about a lot of really racy stuff. Like sometimes when I see the subject line of what, what you're putting out there, I'm like, this is going to be good. This is going <laughs> to like your other set of lips and stuff like that. Like, I just love how racy you are because it's stuff that we, as women, we want to talk about. We want to listen to someone talking about it. Yeah. But we kind of keep it on the down low. Like we're kind of like, did she just say clitoris? Like, Whereas you just put it out there and I love that. Yeah. It's very empowering. Well, I'm, I've always felt like, you know, since I talk about clitorises and vulvas and all that all day long, it's not weird for me at all. Like, I mean, I'll talk to anybody at a dinner party about it and I'm 
sometimes not invited back because I've talked about it too much, <laughs> but I like to think that I'm like, you know, I'm not like this. I'm not, a, you know, I don't look like some of these sex therapist models that like have the big hair and the Louboutins. And I'm like, I'm like, you're every, look, I mean, look at me. I'm like in a sweatshirt and like a mismatch. I mean, this is real. And this is, I like real women talking about real sexual issues. Well, and I like you use the word and I've never heard this word and I love combinations of words and it's edutaining. Yeah. So when we are educated, it often is like a yawn, eye roll, kind of boring. We don't pay attention. We're kind of, oh, look, a squirrel. It's not, it's, we don't hyper-focus on it. And I love that you take education and you entertain us with it. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you come about that? Did you realize that it was a topic that kind of needed to be a little bit lighter? Well, you know, it's, it's a topic, like you said, a lot of women don't bring it up because we don't know who to bring it up to. Like we've never been taught. Who do you go to? Do you go to your church? Do you go to your friends? Do you go to your, your mother? I mean, no one talks about these issues. And so the only way that I could get women to start talking about these issues in an office setting was to start talking about my own issues. So a lot of times I started by saying, girl, you know, the other night I farted during sex. Is that crazy or what? And then I would get them kind of laughing, relaxed, and the wall would come down and they start going, I've always wanted, and maybe I didn't fart during sex, but I was just trying to open up the, the lighten it up, get the fear of fight or flight that's in the, you know, speculum exam kind of gone so that, you know, real talk can happen. Well, and because we are, we're very vulnerable when we're in that position, literally we're vulnerable. Like we're sitting there and yep, it's, it's on your back <laughs> and it's not the greatest, you know, you got cold objects. You got, usually for me, it was always some male doctor who's, you know, asking about the weather or whatever. And it is nice to just be super relaxed with the person that you're with. That's your medical practitioner or professional and make it funny, not make it so cold and stern and like we shouldn't talk about it. Like we should be embarrassed by it. And that's why, how did you come up with your podcast? Because was it through the years of kind of seeing, because some of the topics that you come up with are, are awesome. And it's like, (laughs) I can't believe she's talking about this, but I'm going to tune in. I think it's great. Well, you know, I mean, after 20 years of seeing patients and you know, we don't get a lot of sex education training as gynecologists. No one sits down and goes, okay, so you're handling this whole area of like pleasure, childbirth. No one says, here's how you navigate all these questions from women or issues. And I would have women come to me and say, you know, I have no libido. I have no sex drive. I I just don't want to, I don't get orgasms. And, and I was just like, I'm really sorry. I don't know what I'm. So I started doing a bunch of research on my own and it was one singular patient. You know, there's always that one moment in your life where something changes and she's a patient I've had for years and she was in her seventies and we did her well woman and I warm up the speculum by the way. And, (laughs) and she says, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah, girl, what do you need? You need some refill. What do you need? She's like, how do I know if I've ever had an orgasm? And I literally, so like, I always say, like, I was trying to do my professional doctor face, like, "Mm." but I was inside going, oh my God, like, what do I say to her? And so I was like, okay, we're just going to sit down. We're going to go through this. And she had a great partner. It wasn't that she wasn't trying. She just didn't know. She didn't know. And I started to ask more and more women, how's your sex life? What's going on? How is this? What is this? And then these topics have come out of real patient encounters where people said, I don't know. Like, what does this mean? 
Like, you know, I'm a nice girl from Texas. Can I get into some kink and some fetishes or is that only for Californians? You know I mean? And so we had to kind of go into some of these things because some of the sex coaches out there are really like in your face and like, you know, throwing it at you with no foreplay. And we have to kind of, a lot of women need, we need some foreplay in these issues. We need to kind of gently go into some of these talks. It needs to be fun and funny and self-deprecating. Otherwise, it's the same crap we've been taught for generations. Well, and it's scary. It's scary as a woman to put yourself out there and, and start to talk about those things. Yes. And now that is 70 years old and asking, but it's true. I mean, we've all been there where, I mean, yeah, some of us are younger when we're, we're starting to explore our sexuality, but there's a lot of women that you're right. They don't know, or they don't have this massive sex drive. I, I don't ask my clients about their sex life per se but I'm always in terms of fitness and wellness asking about sex drive, hormones, all yes. of that different things. And they'll look at me funny when they see it on the questionnaire, like what does Lori want to know about my sex drive? And I would say even right now, looking at my roster of clients, most of them have zero sex drive and they yeah. think that that's okay. They chalk it up to, well, I'm a 45 year old woman. So that's why I yeah. don't like my husband. So that's why I like busy, you know, yeah. yeah, there's a thousand excuses. And, you know, women were so complex because men are, are really very easy creatures. I mean, literally they think about sex, they get an erection, boom, they're both called heads. You know what I mean? So it's very simple for them, but we are so complex and our biggest sex organ is our brain. And when I started telling women that they go, what? And I said, yeah, it's not about your clit or your G spot. I mean, it starts up here for us in our head and then it cascades down and the biology all proves that. And when you start thinking about when I ask a woman about her sex drive and I say, are you able to get into the act? And they say, yeah, I'm into, I'm like, what are you thinking about during sex? And they say, <laughs> well, I, I need to go to Target later and return <laughs> this uh, this thing. And I got to go pick up my kids. So I'm like, wrong, wrong, wrong. You shouldn't be thinking about anything during sex. You should be feeling during sex. And that tells me right then and there that they're up in their head, which is not the place to be. It's not hormones at that point. It's get out of your head. Stop thinking like a today's modern woman and start thinking about the animal goddess creature that you were meant to be. Well, and that's why when you see like women that get to go away on awesome vacations where they're just locked in a room, they don't have piles of laundry, they don't have snotty noses to wipe, they don't have a job they have to go to, you're actually able to turn into like sex goddess vixens because you're able yeah. to shut off all the noise. Well, just like when Hal Stella got her groove back. I mean, that was how Stella got her groove back was that she <laughs> literally went to another country, you know, and and hung out there and got rid of all the, the mess that's around us externally. But it, but unfortunately, we can't do that. So how do we do that yeah. in? I mean, right now we can barely, you know, we had so much stress. We could barely leave the house. We for sure couldn't go on a trip. What do you do to help women to shut out all the noise. Like, what do you tell them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for one thing, I tell them that, you know, sex drives in the pandemic very much scientifically decreased. I mean, that's just pure biology, fight or flight. I mean, we were all worried we were going to get sick. We had loved ones dying. We were afraid of dying. You know, it was, it was really an unprecedented time in terms of chronic stress for the entire world. It still is. And so when it's natural, when that happens to start thinking you shut down things that you don't 
need. And so just as if you were being chased by a lion across the Serengeti, you're thinking, I don't need to go have sex right now. I've got to run for my life. That happened chronically during 2020 and now into 2021. And so I always tell women, it's okay. It's okay for there to be periods in your life where your sex drive is not what it was when you were 20 or 25. That's fine. We know after childbirth, your sex drive goes down. That's protective against going out and getting pregnant right again, which can be damaging for your health. All these things are protective for us, but we've just kind of magnified it all. And so the first thing I tell them is you have permission to not have a high sex drive. Women, I think a lot of times from other women need permission to say, it's okay. It's okay. But if it's still happening in another three to six months, we have an issue and we have to address it. And one of the things I like to tell women, I think that the best way to get out of like your frontal cortex, which is where we think, which is where that target shopping list lives to getting back up into that animal brain is to not think. And how do you tell a woman, thinking woman, not to think? Because right then you start thinking. So I tell them to start feeling. And what I usually will tell them is to take their five senses and focus on those. So I will usually tell a woman, hey, all right, grab some satin sheets or something really fuzzy. You know, if you're into like some of the, the more kind of outrageous stuff, get fuzzy handcuffs, whatever, something that's tactile, get something that smells beautiful next to your nightstand. Get something that tastes wonderful. I mean, that could be the taste of your partner's sweat. It could be whatever. But when you start thinking, you start feeling instead. You start sensing and you start using those five senses and you'll drive yourself back into your animal brain. It takes some practice, but it really, really works. And like everyone has a sense that's kind of their go-to scent, which is like, you know, for me, I love feeling stuff like tactile, like fuzzy, you know, Sherpa blankets and, you know, and, you know, your partner's back. And if you start focusing on how all that feels, as opposed to what's, what's supposed to be going on in your mind, you can get out of it pretty easily. It just, you have to keep going back into it. So you find a different set, you read erotica, you do something that gets you right back into it. Well, and it's like a muscle group. You're training it. You have to keep training it. It's not just going to be something that happens overnight. Exactly. You talk a lot, you talk a lot about your inner sexy. Do you find that a lot of women hold back in the bedroom because they're not feeling good about themselves on the outside? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, we've been taught a, a load of crap of what sexy is supposed to be. And that's, that's, and while I love the show, Mad Men, they, you know, those old advertisers, they really did it to us. I mean, they were using women that look like pinup models back to promote Listerine, like a mouthwash back in the 1800s. I mean, we've kind of had this idea that sex sells for so long. And so for all of us, I'm sure you and I know when we were little, we looked at, at magazines and every woman looked like Christy Brinkley. That was kind of our Cheryl Teagues. Those are my old school models. Then mm-hmm. it became Cindy Crawford. I remember drawing a mole because I thought that I had to have that to be sexy. Um, they were tall. They had huge hair. They were tan. They were everything that literally I am not. (laughs) And I just couldn't figure out why I never felt like a sexy woman. Plus you add in some of the cultural stuff. You know, my, my parents didn't really talk about sex and sexuality. My mom did not try to make herself a, uh, a hotsy totsy sexy woman. She was just like, I am a suburban mother. I must dress like this. I must wear big pearls like Barbara Bush. And so a lot of us just never, understood like what does it mean and so i love the term intersexy because you know i just turned 50 last month happy birthday 
I know. It was, it was so hard <laughs> to talk about it, but I'm talking about it because to me, I have felt sexier now doing my work at 50 than I did even at 40 or 35. And I look at pictures and I even think I look better than I did then because there is an inner freedom, an inner sense of confidence. You know, Sophia Loren, not a classically beautiful woman. And she's one of the sexiest women of all time. They told her to change her nose. They told her to change all these things about her. And she's sexy as hell because she just had that Sophia Loren to her. And that's what inner sexy really is. It's finding what works for you. You and I are different. We look different. So what you might find is sexy is totally different than what I might find is sexy. Both are correct. They're just different interpretations. Well, and how do you find that? Because we are beat down as women so badly. I mean, now insert social media. And I talk about yes. social media in my book because it's so, I mean, we were just talking about this earlier, filters and nobody's real. I met a woman in person that I hadn't because we couldn't see anybody for COVID. And I had been following her on Instagram and I met her and I was like, you are nothing like you filter yourself to look like on social media. But in our little heads, we believe about that perceived per- perfection. Everybody's got the perfect skin. Nobody has any lines on their faces anymore. They're porcelain dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, part of it is, is that we've looked to the wrong role models. You know, I mean, I was laughing the other day because I was like, you know, I just, I just had turned 50 and I posted on Insta stories. And yes, I did put a filter on there. I won't lie because I wanted <laughs> flames around my head. So I wanted the specifically with the flames. I was 50 on fire. And all the news feeds started coming up. Elizabeth Hurley at 55 in her amazing bikini. You know, um, all these little Sharon Stone posing in this bikini at 62. And I was thinking, we're still doing it. We're still focusing on the external. Paulina Porzakova is one that I think has really done a good job. She's gotten very raw and real on Insta. She still looks great, but she's comfortable in her own skin. And she'll show you a picture of her unfiltered, wrinkled face. I love that. But to find an inner sexy, we have to break out what that what that mold is, you know. And and like I said, we grew up with those models. Elizabeth Hurley still looks like she did when she was 30. That's not every woman. Mm-hmm. J-Lo has like seemingly unaged. I, I don't know what's going on with J-Lo. She sold her soul to the devil, but but she looks amazing. That's somewhat genetic for her. And somewhat, you know, if you ever read her, you've sure you've read her lifestyle. She does crazy, no caffeine, no alcohol, no, you know, you lost me there already. And so <laughs> what I tell women is, is to find role models that you think are really awesome. And I call it your sexy soul sister. It's, and it's a fun game, I think, to play with other women. We can, we can kind of do it now. And it's like, you know, name a woman that you really admire. And I'll name one um, because I saw it last week. I watched it, the queen, when she was at the funeral and how elegant and beautiful and stoic. She's 94. I think she now is about four feet tall. Bless her heart. That'll be me. And and she just looks so beautifully just elegant. And I thought that was so beautiful. And I, you know, we use the word sexy, but that's just kind of our inner term. But she was almost sexy. You know, I think of women in these different age groups and they've gotten older for me. Um, Frida Kahlo, if you look at Frida Kahlo with her beautiful monobrow that we all used to make fun of, she was a damn fine woman ahead of her time. And I love finding that she was a trailblazer sexy. So I find these women that I admire, Ruth Bader Ginsburg for 
those of us, you know, down in America, we, um, I mean, I just thought she was an amazingly strong woman. And so I find what I like about all those different women and I have my list and it's, it grows every day. And, and, uh, you know, Helen Mirren is on that list. Helen Mirren looks better now than she did when she was 30 or 40. And I find what that trait is that I like the most, what's drawn me to them. And that starts to help me define what I want my sexy to be. You know, I want to be a trailblazer. I want to be, you know, people go, wow, you know, you're better now than you did when you were 30. Thank you. Yes. And I start getting those little pieces of those women and I start building what I want. It's kind of like a vision board for all those traits. And, it and it's a really fun thing to do with your friends because you find out like, you know, you're probably like over there going, she finds the queen sexy. Is that even allowed? <laughs> but I just thought it was so beautiful. I'm not sure I could do that. And I thought it was so beautifully amazing. And all these women, you'll start pulling out of the woodwork, things that you would never, people you would never think of. Well, and as you were talking, I was even thinking like, I, I do have some really random girl crushes that I find so attractive that people would be like, what? Like, like Ellen DeGeneres. I know yes. she's gotten a little bit of a bad rap, you know, lately, but yeah. so she's never going to go for me. She's got Porsche or whatever, but yeah. and, you know, her quality is she's funny. She's funny. She's, funny. she's giving. And, and funny is so sexy to, to, to most every woman thinks that a funny partner is very sexy. And, you know, I've even put people like Mayim Bialik on there who is not, not only was she on that show when she was young, but she's now a neuroscientist. I mean, women who are achieving and doing wonderful, beautiful things. What is that trait that you love about them? And you pull that out and you put it in your little jar and this describes what you want your inner sexy to really be. And that's when I stopped thinking I need to be five, eight to be sexy. I don't need to do that. You know, I can think of plenty of short Janine Garofalo, you know, another one, she's funny, sarcastic, Melissa McCarthy, a large size woman who's hilarious. And I think she's beautiful and sexy and doesn't mean we want to have sex with them. It just means that those are like traits that we want to absorb. So it's what you see in others is what you really want to see in yourself. Well, like an Amy Schumer, I mean, raw, yes. real, even like a pink. I mean, pink is attractive though. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, yes. but I love, yes. I mean, she, I, I probably take a page from her and what I do and why I find I have my inner sexy is I have the crazy hair. I'm unapologetic yeah. that I don't look like the normal woman with the big hair and the, I I'm different. I've always been different. And I think that that's what I pull from her is that trait of just being, raw, real you. And it doesn't matter if you're different and you stand out in a crowd. Yeah. It's not yeah. A bad thing. And I love also that you can start pulling women from all decades of life. You can mm-hmm. find a woman in nearly every decade. And it's fine if you're playing with your girlfriends to say, okay, let's find someone at 20 that we think is and someone at 30. And, you know, I mean, I had it all the way to Angela Lansbury. Well, now I have the queen, but Angela Lansbury and Mary Poppins returns. The woman was like performing <laughs> at 93. And I'm like, that is that's sexy as hell. She's still working. And Believe so it's Betty White. Betty White. Betty White. Who was 99 or I mean, well, she's who's the guy amazing. that she's always joking about too, that she really wishes. Is it Robert Redford? There's a, there's a, she's always joking about how she wishes she had slept with them or, yeah. or like, and you're like, <laughs> go Betty. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's no, no hole of barred. And, and I think just us describing these women gives 
whoever's listening, a sense of what we value is sexy because our list is kind of similar in a lot of ways. It's fun, funny. It's, it's out there. It's working hard. It's all these kind of beautiful qualities, but it could just as easily be someone super elegant and, you know, um, very serene, like a Kate Middleton. I mean, I think she's very pretty. I don't find her sexy for me because she doesn't have the qualities that I want to imbue, but she's very sexy as a woman. So it's kind of fun to kind of find what you do, what your girlfriends do and, and how your list can change. If you really start to look up, it also makes getting older so much more fun because there's so many role models of sexy above us. I love that because it's inevitable that we're, we're all getting older. You just turned 50. I just turned 45. I love that when we start to embrace that and come together as women, like you can make that fun and we can make feeling better about ourselves together as a community and as a unit fun because we're all getting older anyway. We're all doing it. And women are doing it. I think uh, a lot more, we're embracing it a lot more. A lot of women are going to their natural gray, you know, and that's really amazing to see because for years, I mean, I know I, I color my hair. I'm not ready to go gray yet, but I know you've done purple, but you Always. know, I love seeing like Ricky Lake. She talks about how she lost all of her hair and now it's grown back gray and Jane Fonda has gone pure gray now. And um, Sharon Osborne, who I know also had some issues recently, but it's gone white silver. And I love seeing that we're like, screw what society told us was sexy. We're going to own sexy from the inside. Did you see on the internet, Mallory Keaton? Did you watch Family Ties? I saw Justine Bateman. And I, I mean, that's my, well, I'm a little bit younger than you, but that was our yes. era. That show, yes. like I didn't, oh, gosh. I wanted to be Mallory Keaton. Come on. Yes. And when she posted, I was like, of course, probably thinking I needed to book a Botox appointment or something. <laughs> and then when I saw her, I'm like, no, you don't girl. Like I was, I'm so empowered at seeing these women just put it out there because they're wrinkles. What's why are wrinkles so bad? Well, wrinkles just means that we're expressive. And, you know, and when we start thinking about these things that we always thought were bad, you know, now women are starting to embrace some of their cellulite even. And I've posted a picture of my cellulite on, on Instagram before. I mean, 98% of women have cellulite. So whoever the 2% are that don't, y'all can leave this conversation because most everyone has it, but we're like embarrassed by it. We don't want to go out to the pool with our kids because we got to put on a swimsuit or something like that. Oh, screw it. I don't care. You know what? This is it. And I tell my kids, I have two young children and I tell them I I have an 11 year old girl and we're just at that age where I'm trying to really keep her self-esteem good. And I will talk about, you know, she'll walk in the bathroom and I'll be half naked and I'll say, have you ever noticed I have really good boobs? I'm, she's probably going to go to therapy at some point for all this. I mean, having a mother's a gynecologist is probably a bad thing, but I'm like, I mean, these are awesome boobs. I go, you're genetically very lucky. And whether or not I'm truly believing at that moment or not, I want her to know that I appreciate things about my body. And I know if I'm having a day and I accidentally say something that's not real body positive, they'll correct me. They'll correct me now because if I they say, picked oh, up on it so yeah, much. I gained the COVID 20. You know, I had a really hard year last year. My dad died in the middle of the pandemic and everything. And I just, you know, I ate my feelings like a lot of us did. And I'm not even embarrassed by it. It was my coping mechanism at the time. I now still feel very sexy, but I'll say, oh, my COVID pounds of money. Go, Mama, don't say that. You look sexy. And I'm like, and there's the therapy right there. But 
I want, you know, we can start training the younger generation to really skip all of the crap and the shit that we went through. Think about high school and, and call. I mean, we just didn't know what was going on. We didn't know about permission and consent. I mean, all these different sexual issues. I would have probably had a lot different life when I was younger if I'd known this. Oh, me as well. I look back, even some of my lacking in self-esteem, some of the choices that I made because of that. And you're right. Some of the the permission, oh, don't even get me started. Like it's things have changed, <laughs> but for the better, because I'm having 18 year olds and yes. it's nice to see her coming into being an adult now. And the world is a different place. Yeah. We have a chance to really help the next, is this generation ZZ? I'm not sure which, what our, what our kids are. I, I never can keep track of all the different generations, but I mean, you know, our, our moms probably didn't talk about sex much. I, I do see more young women like 16, 17 that come into my office and their mothers are there for the conversation about birth control and like, Hey, we want to be safe, you know, but I still see a little bit like, Oh, this is my baby. Please don't do that. So we want to be like sex positive, but we also want to be sex safe And we're also moms at the end of the day. We want our girls to be, we don't want our girls to make the same maybe mistakes or I made mistakes, things that that we've done. We want them to not hurt as much as we did. And, And that's beautiful to see, but there's still so many families that aren't talking about this. Well, and I remember when I went on birth control, I snuck into whatever the community health center that had the drop in clinic. Yeah, you know, there was no way I, I when I got my period, I didn't even tell my family like I went and bought my stuff myself. It was never something that we talked about. They, I for sure was never yeah. going to ask them about birth control. Oh, my God. God forbid. No, absolutely. Uh, and and where with my kids, again, they probably need therapy because I've I have a girl <laughs> and a boy. It's like yeah. if my poor son has has been, he's been through the ringer having an older sister and then me because the things we talk about, it's like nothing oh. is off limits. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a younger, my younger one's a boy too. And he just talks about how women are badasses. I mean, I I'm like, I've either trained the most perfect male in existence <laughs> or he might become a serial killer. I don't know which, no, you know, I hope that he keeps that, that idea that, you know, all the amazing things that we as women do, because I want him to look for, I mean, I want him to be empowered too. You know, I think a lot of men, and we've talked about this, don't have an outlet. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of women now do for body issues, sex issues. There's, they don't, they're still too proud and, and men like to go seek it. Well, and you Maybe can that's tell, what we should do next. You can tell the, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you can tell the boys that have grown up with the moms that are very body positive, the moms that are very sex positive, like, you can tell, you can tell the boys yes. that have, have grown up with older siblings that are sisters. Yep. And I mean, let's hope that's a superpower that they have. It really is. They have a little bit more control over the world. Let's hope they use their superpowers for a positive for manner. <laughs> <laughs> we want them to be good, not evil. Captain America. <laughs> not. <laughs> they might take over the world in a whole nother way. We didn't realize yeah. what we were creating. Yeah. Well, we've given them the secrets to actually destroy too. And I don't, I don't think our boys will do that, but, um, but yeah, it's really starts at home. And, you know, I remember, like you said, with, I mean, my, my mom, who will not listen to this podcast, by the way, Um, (laughs) uh, I was 20 and I had a boyfriend staying with us in our house for like Christmas vacation. And she somehow quote unquote found condoms in his suitcase. I think she was digging through it by the way. (laughs) And like sex shame me right there in front of the whole family. I was a slut. I mean, what was I not in her house? And I'm like, I was 20. 
empty. And I was just like, I mean, I was mortified by the whole thing. And I think there's a conversation that that is, you know, I mean, I think she was concerned for my health and my well-being and what was I doing? Because this is a generation like Betty Draper. They were virgins, so they got married or so they all said. And and so they didn't know how to teach us like, okay, this is going to happen. Let's do it safely and 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 happily. So my well, my self-esteem was damaged for years. And our parents, they didn't get it and we can't fault them for it. I mean, even even with how mm-hmm. society has changed and we have a lot of gender changes too, where people are now able to be who they are meant to be. Yeah. Uh, I always laughed because there would always be people around me, usually my parents. Again, my mother's never going to listen to this. She's just appalled by most of the stuff that I put on the internet. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> so I'm like, don't tune in, don't follow if you don't, you know, you if you can't look away during parts. But she would say to my my children or my daughter, because my daughter is an adult now, you know, why don't you become a nurse? My daughter works in a medical clinic and it's like, oh, that's great. She's going to meet all those great doctors and she's going to find one and he's mm. going to be great. And, and I'm always in the background saying, or she like, we don't, why are we telling our kids how they're supposed to yeah. be? My parents don't get that. They're like, what do you mean? And I said, you can't direct them a certain way. I mean, it's the same when I would ask my son, do you, are you a boy or are you a girl? Like we had to start asking those yeah. questions. Our parents yeah. don't get that. Like they just, that, I mean, I couldn't tell my mom I had my period or wanted birth control right. much less. Right. This and you're right. Sexual- it's not our parents fault. I mean, those are, those are beliefs that have been perpetuated down generations. And, you know, I always say our parents are the best that they could, and we do the best that we can. And we hope that our, you know, it just kind of continues, but, but there's so much collateral damage. I think that a lot of generations took because of just, just blindly followed perpetuated beliefs about what a woman does. I mean, why was she even having to marry the doctor? She could go be the doctor. She could run the hospital. She could own the hospital. You know, she could go be a a solo van life girl. She could do whatever. But I think there's still this idea that women need to be cared for. We're fragile where, you know, we don't know how to make decisions ourselves, says the two women here that are obviously not those people. Mm -mm. Well, and we we're always directing to what is good and what is bad. I, some of my best friends are strippers, exotic dancers. I have clients who are porn stars. And I mean, I've always said, you're going to find the direction you're going to go in. Like I would never tell my children they can't do something if they're empowered yeah. to do something and it's healthy and it's they're protected. And it's, I mean, go, uh, who am I to judge? I mean, I, right. I for sure can't judge. There's no way right. I've, I've done a lot of, I've made a lot of poor choices myself. Yeah. Whereas I find, I mean, I couldn't even nurse my children in front of my father. It would made him uncomfortable because yeah. that's, whereas now I my even son, say those are poor choices. Those were educational moments that gave you the power to help future women. It, it absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that's what yeah, we're going to no, go with. It, it's, and it is, it's, it's our stories can end up being you and I make, might make light of it too. I can laugh yeah. about a lot of the things yeah. that I've done. Because in the end, you're just helping other people to know that it's okay to make mistakes too. Right, right. Like the the mistakes molded us. And I think I want my children to make mistakes because I mean, we helicopter them all so much. I mean, if they're not making mistakes, what's their adult life going to look like when I'm not around? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have to learn how to pick themselves up after a, a fuck up, whatever it is. I mean, you're there to support and listen, but you're not there yet, literally to like pick them up and like brush them off yourself when they're 19 and like, okay, let's get you back on the road again. You're just like, what do you need? 
And it's, it is sad that, you know, that we're having to still, I mean, like, you know, like you said, your relationship with your father, that's a memory now. That's a, it's almost like a little baby trauma. That's kind of, you know, part of your history now that you think about still that, because I'm guessing that wasn't yesterday. That was, you know, been a while. Well, and the the world has changed. You probably, how old are your kids again? My kids are eight and 11. Well, so you came into the time where breastfeeding was a little more acceptable. I mean, I remember my first child because she's 19 now. We had those terrible cover-ups. It'd be so hot scorching out. You had this terrible cover-up. The baby was suffocating, but God forbid anybody (laughs) saw your breasts. Like we all have them. They're all over the internet for free. Like this isn't a show or anything. And that's what I started to say to my dad was I'm at home in my own comfort in my home. I I'm part of you. You're like, do not be like comfortable with this. Just don't look over here then. Like I'm not going to cover up. So when my son came to about four years later, I could see that the world was starting to change where you could be in the mall and you could whip out your boob quick and and not have all of that. Sure. There was still the few people that were like, is that a breast? Yes. Everyone has them that are (laughs) some big, some small, some saggy, some, you know, like it's, it's just one of those things where we've been so programmed for certain things. It's the same when I hear you say certain words on your podcast where it's like, is she talking about that? And I'm excited about it. Whereas I think there's a lot of people that are still like, they can't believe I'm talking about certain things on the internet. Right. Right. And that's why, you know, I, I always say, you know, like for, for when I did the podcast, it was had to be, it had to look like the girl down the street was doing this podcast. Cause that's really what I am. I'm not like, I mean, you know, for those of you who can see me on YouTube, I told Lori, I was like, Oh, we're both in our closets. Like I have winter <laughs> crap behind me. Like I don't have makeup on, but you know, I, you know, five to six years ago, I wouldn't have had the nerve to do this. I mean, now that I feel sexy, when I come on and talk about things, that's where my power is, is not in looking like, you know, I put some makeup. I'm from Texas. It's almost, it's almost a national requirement to put on makeup and mad big hair. And I don't. And, and I love that, you know, we can just be real and still talk about these very, in depth, sometimes over the top issues. Well, and let's talk about, you talked about the COVID 20. Let's talk about weight, weight and sexy, because I know for me, I'm not a certain weight because I don't weigh myself, but I know I, I, I like my body to be a certain spot in order where I feel the best. And that's not super, super skinny. That's not gaining. Cause I lost about 40 pounds last year. I was lucky. I was one of the ones that gained. Oh, you were one of the few ones that, that lost it. Well, cause I had put on a good amount of extra cushion before COVID hit. So oh, I already, okay. Okay. I already had the, the, the COVID needed to lose 40 before it hits. So when it hit, I was like, okay, well, I guess I, I'm going to go the other way and I'm going to, you know, lose some weight and started to feel better about myself. And I know how I feel when I'm sexy and, and how I, how the clothes fit and how they come off and how things look. How do women embrace their inner sexy, their sex drive, their sex appeal, everything at varying weights? Because we are, we're going to change through the years. Like I go up and down 20 pounds all the time. We sure do change. And, and a lot of women, you know, come and they say, I just don't feel, you know, I have a FUPA, you know, the FUPA is that, is that Beyonce made that popular. It's the, the, what do they call it? Fatty upper pussy area. 
it's that kind of overhang that happens and and like i have this and i have arm cellulite and i just i don't want to be on top because that's going to make it all jiggle and you know what i see is one is that you know i'm really really sensitive about body dysmorphia and disordered eating. I had a lot of disordered eating growing up and I would say, you know, I need to lose weight. And then you'd go try to drop off, you know, 30 pounds really fast. You do diet pills, you do whatever. And then, you know, you felt like shit. You looked like crap because your hair was falling out. Like everything was just, you just looked like you were on meth. And then, you know, two years later, you'd have gained it all back and then plus some. And, and, and so really what I try to get women to do is, and there's a whole bunch of wonderful studies about food and sexuality. And some of it starts with the days where our moms used to starve themselves and drink tab or tab, um, that one calorie drink and that starvation is similar to starving yourself sexually. And the body sees it as exactly the same thing. So if we deprive ourselves of food, we deprive ourselves of sex, you're depriving yourselves of feeling womanly. And it's interesting. Men always tell me they find their their partners sexiest when they're pregnant and they're eating whatever they want to. They love seeing women eat and, you know, not so they go, well, I'm just going to have a salad with the dressing on the side, <laughs> but like I'll have the pasta primavera, but, but box up half. I mean, they eat sensibly, but they eat with what they want. And I always tell them that is something that's sexy. You know, women that are sexy are not like eating like a little bird. They're eating what their body needs for nourishment. And so I tell them, you know, we, we do, you can't lose weight quickly, right? We just know that you, that's not going to happen. I mean, the COVID 20 is still on me and it's, it's April. So I, you know, I, I I'm trying, but you know, it's, I'm also 50. So menopause is almost hitting and it's harder to lose weight. So I always say, look, while we're getting to a weight that's desirable for you. And I always talk about realistic weight goals, but let's figure out a way that to camouflage whatever it is that bothers you so that you can still have great sex. So a lot of times I'll talk about, you know, if you don't like that, your breasts sag, you know, we'll wear a really sexy black bra when you're having sex. If you're not comfortable with the flapping around, wear a white button down one of his white button down shirts and like, you know, to cover up the FUPA, just Till you start getting used to it, once you get the act and everything starts going and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And you're like, this is amazing. The shirt's going to come off. The bra is going to come off and be flung around the room. I mean, once you're in the act, it's going to start becoming a lot more natural. And, you know, walking around naked is great practice for that. Like just, you know, not hiding from our spouses and partners. Like, don't look at me. What, what? We had sex last night. What do you mean? Don't look at me. Like I was like, literally we were, we were inside each other. You know, there were tongues involved. You know, it's, it's just, you have to almost kind of force it. And, you know, we talk about, there's the mirror exercise, just looking at yourself for one minute in the mirror, which is really hard. You know, it's really hard to start women doing that because the first thing we start doing is I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. And I always tell them, I'm like, find me one thing you like, find me one thing. And a lot of times it's eyes, right? Because everyone mm-hmm. thinks their eyes are sexy because they are, because it goes to our brain. It's one of the sexiest organs. People will like their smiles. And then I'll start saying, okay, find me another body part that you find sexy on yourself. Like, what do you like? And when you start looking about what's right and what you like, it starts to take away the focus on what you don't care about. 
And I guarantee you, partners are just happy they're getting some. <laughs> they don't care if you got a fupa flapping around or whatever. But there are little camouflage tricks I'll give women like while they're working on this kind of topic to kind of, you know, so that they can still have sex and feel comfortable. Well, and confidence is sexy. So as soon as we can start to have that, that shows on the outside. I mean, confidence is there's your inner sexy. There's your inner confidence. Yes. You own a room when you've got confidence. It doesn't matter what you're doing in terms of if it's the boardroom or if you're having sex. It's so yeah. if you can start to train that, it all will start to show on the outside. And I hate the phrase, you know, because I've had lots of women that come to me that, you know, they've had sex problems or sex, not they're not thrilled with their sex life. And they'll talk to their doctor and the doctor will say, well, just just fake it till you make it. And I hate that phrase. I think it's very patronizing and condescending and all that. But I will say in some ways, why I say if I say if you're going to fake it till you make it, you fake the confidence Mm -hmm. until you make it. But you don't fake the orgasm or anything else. None of that. That all has to be 100 percent authentically real. But fake the confidence, walk in the room, smile real big. If you're butt naked, if they have a comment, kick them out the door. They're not the right partner. Mm -mm. Yeah, it's true. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to do this rapid rocket rapid fire that I do in my podcast at the end. Okay. Okay. He's going to fire off questions, a little racier because it's us. We can today. What's your favorite sex toy right now? What's like the it thing on the market? Oh, there's this new, and oh my gosh, I'll have to find the title, but it's a clitoral sucking machine. (laughs) And it's awesome. Everybody's talking about this. I just did a podcast with some girlfriends the other day and they're like, I don't know. It's like sucks your clitoris. Like, so this is what it does. I've seen pictures of it on Instagram. It's, and, and like it suctions to like, uh, well, I thought what, when, when I tried this, I guess we'll be, you know, uh, TMI here. Uh, I kind of <laughs> put it on the, on the, on the bathtub. So you could kind of like squat over it. Um, and it suctions, but, um, I think the clitoris, you know, the clitoris is super important for most women, we think it's that little baby like tip, but literally it's like 10 inches long. It goes all the way into the vagina. And so giving that little girl some love is nice. And most women will orgasm when they're stimulated clitorally too. So I think that's oh, new and that's, interesting. That's a good one. It. That is a lot of people. That's like the rage right now. I'll have to look into that. What's your favorite sexy song? Oh my gosh. I was just talking about this yesterday with somebody. Oh my gosh. It's something I was like, I go this song. Okay. You ready? scorpions still loving you oh again scorpions you're showing your age like i'm i'm close to your age so i'm like my age and it's the acoustic (laughs) version and i literally played i found it on my spotify podcast the other day i mean on the on my list and 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 i and i go oh my god i heard the song forever and i listened to it 12 times in the car and i just was (laughs) transported back to like high school and i was like oh my god this and i told my husband i go we gotta listen to this song it's so amazing and i go i forgot this is the sexiest song that i can think of because it's not like you know you can leave your hat on or sweet child of mike it's like I don't know. Just reminds me of everything that's good. I'm going to go with Scorpions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that later and listen to it. We're all going to be feeling sexy later listening to it. What's your sexiest piece of clothing? You know, I'm not a lingerie girl. I am in an anti-lingerie kind of bend right now. Although I think, I think it's like National Lingerie Day coming up soon. You know, I got to tell you, I love wearing my black boy short panties from Gap. And like a, like a tank top, like a wife beater kind of tank to Hanes wife. There's just something about that. That looks like Sunday morning, easy loving. It's just good. 
That's the raw and real. I'm the same. I don't, I have never liked lingerie. I, I did a photo shoot and I wore lingerie and I didn't even like the photo shoot. I'm like, the, I'm, it doesn't seem like me in it because I don't, I like the it's boudoir uncomfortable. shorts. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, I don't like, it's itchy. I did a boudoir shoot, uh, shoot one time with a friend of mine. And my favorite shot of the whole thing was I had found this, these handcuffs and I'm just biting the handcuffs, nothing else. <laughs> and I said, Am I allowed to say it's on her podcast? I was biting handcuffs. Like, thank God my mom is not listening to this one. But no, I know. I even I just did another photo shoot and like I showed up with like nothing. I'm like, I just I'm I'll wear like a white t-shirt that's gonna come off. Like I I didn't want to have yeah. anything. I'm just I would rather just be yeah. raw, real. This is me. That's and sexy. Skin is sexy. Yes. I mean, to me, it lingerie is like putting a, a bunch of bows on your package. You know, I'm not a wrapper <laughs> of packages. I'm like, here, here's your package. Like I'm just like in the same package it came in. I'm like, yeah. you know, we don't need all that. That's that's no. for your partner. That's not for you. It's true. It's true. I don't even like buying gift cards. Like I don't like buying cards because I'm standing in front of the person. I'm going to tell you like, here, it's from me. I'm really excited. Like, I don't like yeah. buying Sorry, Hallmark. Like that's just extra cash spent. Like I like putting it into the present and my expression as you open the present. <laughs> yes. Yes. Besides, we recycle so many gift bags these days. I mean, I give people recycled gift bags all the time. It's, you know, for the earth. All the time. That's good. What's <laughs> sexiest food? Oh, I'm a sushi girl. That is to me, it's you pick it up with your hands you kind of, I mean, it's kind of deliciously slimy and wonderful. And I know not everyone's a sushi fan, but I, it's that, like te- oh, textures, textures. It's very, oh, it's that tactile stuff that I told you I liked. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. And you know, when you have the little fish eggs and it kind of pop on your tongue, like to me, that's very sexy. Yeah. A lot of different, a lot of different textures, tastes. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I is- could say like hot dogs or something, but that sounds very <laughs> penile. So I'll just, I'm not, but for sushi that's my answer she's my answer okay. you you mentioned this earlier but you said you would you watch the queen uh, the crown you were watching is I that, watched is, the that's crown. your latest netflix binge well i finished bridgerton oh you did a hotcha 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 i haven't watched it i'm like the only person that hasn't oh, watched it yes i and i actually watched it again without my husband because it was hot 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 i mean it's it's like Victorian hot. Like you're like, how is this so hot? But it was hot. I mean, girl, it was hot. So was it like Game of Thrones hot, but like in England, like, cause there was a lot of like, is there sex scenes in it? I'm wondering why everyone's yes, so there okay. are. And you know, what's interesting is that, you know, Shonda Rhimes, who does Grey's Anatomy and all those kind of things. She loves men with great hair. I just have this theory about her because all the guys have this amazing hair, but really you only ever see the guys naked. I'm trying to think if I really remember seeing a girl naked. I mean, I see girls naked every day. So, I mean, that's kind of normal for me, (laughs) but, but there's a lot of like sex, like you see the guy like from behind and yeah, there's a lot of sex scenes, but there are, you know, and it's not 50 shades because 50 shades, sex scenes, they really sucked, but it's just, it's really girl. You got to watch it. I watched it again. You watched it again. I'm going to go. I'll go there. I'll go there. I'll go there next. What's your favorite book right now? Are you a reader? Um, I am a reader when I can. Oftentimes I'm hiding on the, in the toilet because my kids or my dogs or someone's coming around. <laughs> uh, I loved the, I love biographies. So I read Michelle Obama's Becoming, but I really have been watching, reading uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. It's a fiction book and it's, it's really good so far. I'm oh, not done. Awesome. So I can't say I have to be my favorite, but it's really good. Oh, that's awesome. And so now where can people find you? Because you, we talked about your podcast. It's called the me spot podcast. 
the me spot podcast and it's at the me spot podcast.com. And I'm on Insta and Facebook and Twitter at, at Dr. Heather Bartos. And they usually will find some, um, inappropriate Insta story or something there too. Uh, Sunday was Sunday was anal sex day uh, <laughs> here. And I was like, I can't do that on a Sunday. People go to church on Sunday. <laughs> I can't, so I did it on Monday and I said, okay, I couldn't talk about, I don't know. I didn't want to offend anybody about talking about anal sex on a Sunday. So I just said, we're going to belatedly celebrate anal sex day for those of you that want to. So it's usually some kind of gaffe of mine somewhere. I love that you had boundaries, you know, we have boundaries. Yeah. We're not always raw and real. Always. We scale back when we need to every now and then I didn't want to, you know, someone to go, Oh my gosh, she's talking about anal sex and it's the <laughs> Lord's day. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was a thing, but anyway. Well, and I love again with your podcast, how often do you drop episodes of yours? I do episodes twice a week and mine are, I call them bite-sized little vitamins. So mine are about 15 minutes or less. So I always say it's like, it's like work and home kind of, kind of little time, ca- like little vitamin capsules. Like, like it's, it's, they're short and sweet. So but I love yeah. that as women, we don't have a lot of time. So it's like, you can listen, you can go have a shower and turn it on in my shower. I get music. I can listen to things. You listen to that yeah. while you're getting ready. And it yeah, take yeah. Much time. yeah, it's definitely NSFK, NSFW. It's not suitable for most people besides <laughs> the listener. I would say if you wouldn't bring your kid to your well woman exam, you probably don't want to bring them to the podcast, but don't listen to it when you're dropping the kids off at school. Yeah, <laughs> after you drop them off and the van yeah. door closes and you speed off, that's when you can turn it on. <laughs> and so recap takeaways. So what would be like the mic drop kind of moment that you would say to a woman that's kind of not finding her inner sexy, not comfortable with her weight, having a hard time to kind of navigate that sex drive with how she's feeling right now. What's like your biggest thing that you can just kind of drop? I think the the fastest thing to kind of get her out of her slump is to find, find that sexy spirit sister that embodies what she wants. So if the woman is plus size, find the plus size model. That's just killing it that you're like, wow, that's amazing. She looks great. You know, think about someone like an Oprah Winfrey who struggled with weight her entire life and is the empress of all like business and interviews and just quickly identifying as women as, and just, and just looking around. Like, I mean, I, when we first got on, I'm such a habit now of saying what's sexy about other women. I just remember thinking right away, I was like, Lori's eyes are so sexy and she got great shoulders. And I just, the more you dish out about what you love about other people, what you find sexy, the more you start to feel good. It's an endorphin boost for you too. Well, I did the same thing to you. It's funny. I do that. I didn't think I did. As soon as I heard your voice, because I had never heard your voice before. It, when we did, a, we did a speaker thing together, I didn't yeah. really realize like you have, and I kind of do too, but you have this like raspy, sexy voice. And so right away, oh, I did I didn't even get to see your face at first. It was that we started talking on Zoom and I was like, holy, I got a little tingly. I was like, her voice is super sexy. But I do that with other women without even knowing it. Yes. Yes. And for the woman that's struggling in her own sex, sexuality, sex life, sex identity, everything, just doing that throughout the day, it just look how good we just made each other feel. 
just by, and even if I didn't tell you, like I'm giving you off this positive vibe that I feel, and then I feel good because I'm like, I noticed all the beautiful things about someone. I'm not thinking, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, so-and-so's this and they're dragging me down. It's, it's noticing the beautiful women around you. I mean, even like your mom, you can do this with. Mm-hmm. Mom, you have the most beautiful, whatever, you know, and, and, you know, or I love this about you and just doing that. It gives your inner sexy this, like, it just starts going, you, 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 like it starts raising the bubble up so that then you can really start to embrace what you love. Oh, I love that. Thank you for coming on. And you got to come back. Thanks. You got to have my, my dose of Heather. Now I'm addicted. I love, I, I love know. it. And thanks for putting out such a rad podcast. I love your podcast. And Thank you. I hope my listeners will tune into it as well. Cause it is, I, I, even your Instagram, I love following it because <laughs> as soon as it pops up, that's the kind of stuff that catches my attention. I think I just, you posted about sex toys today and I was yeah, like, yeah. what's talking about today? <laughs> yep. Yep. I know. I, I do these little videos and then I'm usually on Insta stories talking about sex toys or what ain't like the anal sex thing or whatever. And I'm like, thank God Insta stories go away in 24 hours. Because <laughs> sometimes we, I'm just- we need that. I mean, I, I always joke about like, let's find more things about puppies playing and things or about anal sex and sex toys. Like, why do we have yeah. to be talking so much about such heavy topics all the time. It's nice to scroll through yeah. and get the, the and light I think stuff. after the pandemic of last women are ready to like embrace something new. You know, we've, we've done the KonMari drawer closets. We've done everything we want. Now we're ready for like a new inner wardrobe as well. Oh, I love it. Thanks again for coming on. You're awesome. Thanks, love. It's good to see you. We'll see you again soon for sure. That sounds wonderful. much for listening friends if you want more tips and tricks on rocking your life and rocking your body be sure to check out my website lorimork.com or follow me on instagram at lori.mork be sure to subscribe to this podcast where each and every week we're going to release new episodes with down and dirty topics some wicked guests more badassery and just have a kick-ass time together And if anyone has a problem with it, they can kiss my curvy assets.